Welcome everyone to another episode of the Rookie Contract Podcast. It's Kate Norm here, and this week's guest, we have Natasha Brophy. And Natasha, I'm going to let you give a little something about yourself, and we'll get started. Okay, uh, I'm Natasha, like Kate said, and I currently work for the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, uh, Team USA, as an executive assistant. Sweet! Look at her go! Um, I'm so excited to actually get started and talk to you today. So thank you again for allowing me to chat with you and be on the pod. So appreciated. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I guess to get started, how are we feeling right now in this very moment? Great. Excited to be doing the podcast. Had a great day of meetings at Team USA. We had a women in sports panel earlier today and we had three of our Team USA athletes attend. So that was a really cool meeting to have. Um, And our CEO, Sarah Hirschland, was on that as well. So it was all about the women of Team USA and our supporters. So that was really cool. That's so amazing to be able to be around all these incredible athletes that are so huge in in their respective sports. How is it like coming into a role like that um, from all your other various roles that you've had? We'll, we'll, we'll dive into those, but right now, like how, how has that been like just kind of diving into a role with team USA combined? Um, I joined at the beginning of, 2022. So it was Mm -hmm. a really exciting and busy time to join right before the winter games. So it was a little, but it was kind of, you know, throwing me to right into the thick of the chaos. Yep. Welcome to Team USA. Here's your first Olympic and Paralympic games. Um, It was great. It's been phenomenal. I've loved every minute of it. So it was definitely Throwing me to the wolves, trial by fire. Um, the two executives I support are our chief development officer. So she oversees the USOP Foundation, which is actually kind of a nonprofit within our nonprofit. And then I also support the chief strategy and growth officer who is in charge of our marketing, our communications, our strategy. Uh, she does so much every day. I don't know how she does it. I can barely keep up and I'm not even attending the meetings she has on her calendar. So it's, it's been great. It's been nonstop and I, I love every second of it. You see, that's what it's all about. Seems like it's been such a great sort of position, even though you were thrown in like the midst of (laughs) the whole Olympics, like beginning. It's like, I feel like that's like the best way to sort of, learn is right. just like you know you gotta have these big moments to be able to learn from and right yeah that's that's gotta be huge it's all gonna be you know easy from here right i've already been through <laughs> right like you have games. like the worst of it right and exactly just downhill <laughs> now i've been there done that i won't even flinch at the next games <laughs> You see you started out like so high and you're like you know what we gotta cram it all in Yep, exactly. Now it's just like nothing. And so that's honestly best advice is just like 
go in like a hundred percent into these different roles. Yeah. You never know. So I guess I want to get like the whole like vibe of Natasha. How okay. did you want to? Okay, better put, why did you want to go into sports? So many sure. different industries. What, right. what drew you about sports? So I was a collegiate athlete. I swam and I played lacrosse. I graduated from Purdue, but I did go division two for a year. So when I got back Mm -hmm. to Purdue, I had sustained some injuries my junior year. So when I went back to Purdue for my senior year, I was the manager for the swim and dive team. And essentially I was the assistant to the director of operations and I was a psychology major. So I had every intention of going to grad school and going into research. Mm-hmm. And about two months shy of graduation, I was walking out of swim practice and worked, you know, worked in my role for the day. Yeah. And I was walking out and just had a kind of a light bulb moment where I was like, I love this. I could do this every day for the rest of my life and be happy. And like in that moment, I decided I wanted to work in sports. So fast forward a little bit. So team operations. So it all started when you were at Purdue. Yeah. Um, So 2012. Amazing. So um, in, in that moment, I knew team operations was really my passion Mm -hmm. and that still operations has still maintained as my passion. It just, as I learned over the years, it can just look so different everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. Um, So I graduated. So I graduated December 13th. I was applying for five jobs a day, every day. I applied for a job at Oklahoma State on January 1st. And I remember calling my mom. You remember all the dates. That is like amazing to me. I'm very good with dates. It's (laughs) obscene, the random dates I can pull out of thin air. Um, I I remember calling my mom and telling her like, oh, yeah, I applied for a job in Oklahoma. Because I had also applied for a job in Notre Dame which is 45 yeah. minutes away from where she, where she lives. Mm-hmm. So I remember just kind of brushing it off and being like, oh, yeah, Oklahoma, whatever. And I got a call on January 7th for an interview. Yeah. I interviewed on January 10th, and I got a job offer on January 17th. Oh, my gosh. This is like clockwork here. Yep. So less than three weeks, I went from application to hired. So I moved out All to Oklahoma. All within a month. Yep. Wow. Moved out to Oklahoma, started... I was doing ticket operations with mm-hmm. Oklahoma State. Um, and that was kind of the perf- the start of my professional journey. Wow. That's that's wild to me. It's like you were out here in Indiana and then boom, <laughs> you're in Oklahoma. That's got to be like a culture shock in itself. It absolutely <laughs> was a culture shock. It definitely took some adjusting, but there's a big spot in my heart for Stillwater and the Pokes. I love that place. That is, I love that. It's like you have to be able to sort of go into these different areas to be able to, I guess, get more out of your comfort zone. And I feel like it's kind of like I personally like moved so many different spots yeah all over and I feel like that's like huge for growing and yeah I mean was that able to kind of help solidify more of like what you wanted to do like when you were at right in Oklahoma so 
It definitely, I mean, I never had, I never had any hesitation about leaving Indiana. I'm originally from the East Coast. So yeah. Indiana was yes. never really home. Um, I always knew I was going to leave and I always knew my career was going to come first. So I was going to go, I applied for five jobs a day and it was everywhere all over the country. And I knew I was going to pick up and go as soon as I had an offer. Um, but working for a power five program, fresh out of college with no really relevant experience besides, you know, my my experience in college athletics Mm -hmm. was honestly the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I wouldn't be where I was if it hadn't been for that job. And I love ticket operations. It was definitely a grind, uh, Mm -hmm. especially during crossover season. I think in my time there at one point during crossover season, we had like five or six sports that were happening at once because we had made it far enough in the postseason. Oh my gosh. So it was, it was crazy, but I loved it. And, you know, it seems like you are always in these, these positions where you got to just like grind. You just got to straight up, like, there's like everything happening at once. I you think have to a lot of people in the sports it. business can say that, though. you know, Absolutely. like that's just kind of the sports does for you. Um, but I mean, my office was in Boone Pickens Stadium. So like I walk out of my office to have lunch and there I am on the football field. You know, it was as <laughs> speaking of the football field and other duties as assigned. We were getting new bleachers in Boone Pickens Stadium. This mm-hmm. was right after they had done a remodel. And I had to take a tape measure and go out and measure every single bleacher so we could order seat cushions that fit the new bleachers because nobody had measured them and they were curved. No, you're joking. What? It took us, me and my colleague, it took us, I think, three or four (sighs) days. And we measured every bleacher in Boone Pickett Stadium. Oh, my gosh. Every seat should have like your initials or something on it. <laughs> I agree. A little I piece of Natasha there. I would love that. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. That's so tedious. Just and like that's not on my resume. One. What am I doing wrong? Why isn't that on my resume? <laughs> Why isn't it on your resume? I feel like that's such a crucial point. It's like, yes, I am dedicated. Okay. We are detail oriented. Yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> that's very accurate. Oh my gosh. That is. That's incredible. I I cannot even imagine hours a day, straight up, walking down all these bleachers. Ah, yeah, it was a yeah. it was a long it was a long few days, but we got that is good. And you know what? You lived to tell the tale. You did, and you know what? That's what it's all about. <laughs> Made it through. <laughs> Goals right there. Um, actually, I'm. I'm probably we don't want that to happen again. No, other I people out there, know. if you're listening, make sure you write down the numbers before you buy the bleachers. Yep, and account for the curvature. Absolutely, I, I feel like those those jobs kind of like somehow fall through the cracks sometimes. But it's like we need you guys, and that's why the other duties as assigned exist <laughs> for things like that. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is so crucial, and it's like. It just is like you don't even realize it until it, you need it. Yep. And it's like, well, we gotta geez, get this. What done. am I gonna do? Yeah, gonna do yeah. it. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, so 
aside from like everything that you've been doing, it's been kind of like chaotic, especially throughout this thing we're in, pandemic, panini, whatever you want to call it. Um, (laughs) How have you been kind of managing your time aside from like working these crazy days and whatnot? So how, how do you like kind of get away from the chaos? Or can or do you? I mean, I haven't figured that out yet. That's a really, really great question. Um, so my last job, we mm-hmm. went remote along with the rest of the world in March of 2020. Um, and so, you know, I was alongside everybody else kind of navigating this new work from home flexible schedule. I worked for an international federation, so mm-hmm. I was on 24 hours a day. So I wasn't necessarily on straight 24 hours, but sometimes I'd be up at 11 at night or one in the morning. We literally had a meeting that started at 2 a.m. on time. So, no. oh, yeah, so it, it definitely so was like a, no sleep. We don't sleep mm, out here. Hit or miss. But we had, um, you know, it definitely wasn't a structure. Espresso shots all day. What was that? Espresso shots. We're going Six per day. Actually. Um, so it wasn't super structured, which I think was a benefit that not a lot of people had going into remote work. Right. And then um, we just stayed remote and we about half of our staff was remote anyways. So mm-hmm. we all just kind of followed suit. And at the in the fall of last year, I ended up uh, I was involved in a pretty severe car accident. And so. I essentially took a leave of absence from work because I was in the hospital and incapacitated and I couldn't work. So I was lucky in that respect that they were understanding with that. And I tried to work when I could, mm-hmm. um, but it was really prioritizing my health and my recovery. And then in January, I started with the USOPC mm-hmm. and we are hybrid. So we kind of have the flexibility to work at home, work in the office. Um, which I really appreciate because of my car accident, I'm terrified of driving. So it's really nice for me to be able to not have to make an hour commute. I live an hour away from the office, so I get to work from home and, um, I'm definitely, I definitely prefer being in the office. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just more productive, the social component, even if there's not a ton of people in the office, it's just knowing that there's my teammates are in the building with me, gives me some kind of, um, you know, positive energy, but we return to the office on Friday. Um, and we're still doing a lot of hybrid and flex, you know, we're navigating it as one team. So there's no, you know, each department is kind of deciding how they want to handle return to work based on where their team members are located and, you know, everybody's comfort level. So it's really amazing to be a part of an organization that's really putting their employees first as we make this shift back Mm -hmm. to what used to be normal. We had to make a huge shift away from that. And we have to make just as huge of a shift to get back to that life that we knew or start that process. So, um, managing the chaos is not something I have tackled yet. I am also currently in grad school. Oh so my gosh. It's kind of a, I get up, 
I do as much work as I can. And then when I've like hit a point where I'm like, okay, everything else can wait until tomorrow. I plop down on my couch with my other computer and open the books. (laughs) So you're just like straight up like busy. Like you, you have like this, these goals for, yeah, I have work and then I have school. Yeah. So it's really hard to, to manage all of it, to be honest. Um, I found that like structure is really important for me. So the more structure I can give myself, the better. And I think that's That's why I like working in the office so much better is because I'm like, it's like you have somewhere to go. Yeah. And I'm forced to like get up and get ready and And you you have more of like drive to actually do it rather than, oh yeah, I'm in my, in my room or something like that. I'm like, I'm not moving. If I'm at home, I get distracted by like dishes, laundry, my dog. I felt that. It's so <laughs> it's hard. Like it's like <laughs> I need to be like near people. I have to like have that human interaction. I don't know what it is. It's like, yeah, Zoom is great. Like all these different components, like they're they're awesome. But it's like being in person is just like hits different. And it's like, yeah, yeah we we need that a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned like the whole like hybrid sort of model. And I know like USOPC, like when you had your car accident, like they were super understanding. I feel like that shouldn't be the norm. Um, Like that. Wait, no, back it up. That should be the norm that all these companies need to take better care of their employees um, 100%. to like if you can't come in like don't make it difficult yeah to not come in like everyone right. needs the opportunity to work um just if you don't have like a way to get there like yeah definitely make it more yeah easier for them so yeah no my that- bosses have been great they you know the both of my departments happen to kind of be opting for in office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. but we're, you know, that's what's highly encouraged. And then remote days are Monday, Friday. And I spoke to both of my bosses because I report directly to the chiefs of each of my departments. So I spoke with them about it and I said, you know, if the weather is questionable or, you know, there's just something going on on the roads are you okay with me just working from home that day and they both of them were like yeah absolutely don't worry about coming in so it's really nice to not have that pressure that's good to be like oh my god i have to be in the office but i don't want to drive do i uber an hour like you know so it just makes it that much it's like it's the tough conversation of like yeah like i want to show that i'm doing all this stuff and i want them to see that i'm like I care, but it's like, sometimes you got to take care of yourself before you put yourself in these (laughs) situations where you can't handle. And yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's like a good sort of, um, place to be of just, Hey, I understand like, and yeah, just being like, I guess, transparent with absolutely your employers and everything else. Like that's, that's huge. It's like, sometimes um, they might not see eye to eye, but it's like, yeah, just being straight with people. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's huge, yeah. especially throughout this pandemic. Right. Like, 
the USOPC has been great. They really, you know, in the few months that I've been there, they really care about their employees and they really make an effort to give us the resources and the support that we need. And, you know, just in the few months I've been here, I've gotten multiple emails from our CEO or our, you know, directors or, you know, what have you leadership and in the organization reminding us, take care of yourself, take care of one another. You know, you are an important piece of this puzzle, but you know, you can't, I like to say you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think that's something that the USOPC really embodies and wants us to embody as well, because, you know, working in sport as athletes, mm-hmm. the the general thought is, you know, like you can't perform at your highest level if you're not taking care of yourself. And I think that's kind of an opinion that the USOPC has adopted where, you know, we can't be at our best for Team USA if we're not taking care of ourselves. And if the USOPC isn't taking care of their people, too, there's going to be, that's going to show, there's going to be an effect. And it's, I mean, I can't say enough good oh things about it. It's I the best that. job I've ever had. I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> wow. You see, that's what you want in a place that you work. You don't want to go yeah. into a place and like dread it every single day. So absolutely incredible. Um, I'm really lucky. And, you know, there's a lot of people, especially, you know, you and I are on Twitter a lot, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who will talk about your mental health at, you know, a job where you're not happy or where you're not treated well. And everybody's like, quit that job, (laughs) go where, go where you're going to be valued and appreciated. And Right. I support that going somewhere where you're valued and appreciated is really important and can make all the difference. But I've also, you know, I've been unemployed before and walking away from a terrible job is not that easy unless you have some kind of financial support, whether it's your family, whether it's, you know, a side hustle that gives you enough income to live Mm -hmm. on, whether it's, you know, savings that you have. So every time I see one of those statements, I'm like, I agree with you, but it's also not easy to walk away from your income. Like it's like a double edged sword, basically. It's like, it's not that simple to me. Like everyone's dealing with something different. Um, yeah. So it's like, yeah, like it, it sounds so easy in theory to walk away from something that's so toxic Mm-hmm. But you're like, what is my next move? Like, right. I don't want to like do something until like I know for sure. Like I'm that right. person. Like, exactly. I want to make sure everything's all lined yep. up <laughs> before like making something tragic or whatever. hundred like, percent. Like, come on. I, it's crazy. I was in a really, really toxic position for like mm-hmm. two years. And honestly, I don't even think I knew it. It's like you don't realize until like. Until I left, like I didn't realize how miserable I was and how negatively it was impacting my entire life until Mm -hmm. I left and I was able to like step away and breathe a little bit. But it, I mean, if there's somebody who is not happy in a job, even a little bit, like you need to make an effort to leave. Yeah. I wouldn't say leave, go like, you know, forget them, go somewhere where you're valued and appreciated. It's not that easy to find. A place where you're valued and appreciated and you can be utilized. Um, so if there's somebody in a position that isn't good for them and doesn't feel good, I say 
you know, try and leave. You might have to stay until that opportunity presents itself, but um, there's something to be said about like taking those first steps and, you know, joining the USOPC. Like I said, it, it literally is the best job I've ever had. I don't get Sunday scaries. I'm like excited to go to work every day. It's incredible. So I say it's worth it. Like look for that job. I do think that would be out there for almost everyone, but it takes time. Like I've been in the industry since 2012 mm-hmm. and so 10 years and I've just now, you know, reached this organization that where I can thrive and that I am like truly a part of the team. And it's, I'm so lucky. Oh my gosh. I, I absolutely love that. And you deserve all of this. Thank you. Everybody does. It's, it's hard out there. And I feel like when you're first starting out or wherever you are in the stages of Mm -hmm. the industry, it's, I feel like it's just so difficult, like getting started. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the first job, like right out of college or wherever you are, it's, it's tough. It's like all these different people are out here doing the same thing. And you're just like, Mm -hmm. how do I make myself like stand out essentially? Right. And so it's like, oh my gosh. But then like you look around and you're like, okay, well, if they're doing this, like it's fine. But in the moment you're like thinking like, oh, if I don't have everything together by X date, then I'm a failure. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's kind of like, it's, it's definitely interesting because everyone's going through something different, like we mentioned earlier. Um, but it's kind of good to get, uh, you, you reach that plateau of, I'm at a job where I enjoy you. Like you said, you don't have those Sunday scaries and you know what? Nope. That's the goal. The goal yeah, is not truly. to have those Sunday scaries. I never, I never had that as a goal, but <laughs> That is the goal that I, I like I that mentioned that it's, it's great. Find a job where you don't have the Sunday scaries. I love that. It's huge. It's like, you don't even think about that. I guess no. when you're working and doing all these different opportunities, um, just to get ahead essentially, but it, it's like, okay, like, what do I need to be doing? Like, why do I feel like so drained? And yeah, you gotta just have that conversation with yourself to just, okay, check out like right. what do you actually want. Take a step back. Yep. Right. Yeah. And that's like, it's hard at first, but yeah, like once you actually like have been around like different areas of the, mm-hmm. of the industry, mm-hmm. like you've, you've kind of like nestled through like different sort of aspects within Mm -hmm. this industry and you've kind of like said like hey like I I enjoy this or I don't like that so it's like it kind of like shows like okay now I know where I want to be yeah that's definitely something that's evolved for me over the last 10 years is just kind of I mean I mean like I said I always knew operations was kind of my thing but it yeah. can look so different everywhere you go. And even within operations, there's business operations. There's, you know, there's all kinds of levels of mm-hmm. operations. And going through my career, it was really about 
you know, is there something I would like better? Like ticket operations. I really liked it. And I thought about, I could make a career in this, but I'm never going to be happy until I give operations a try. Like until this vision I have for myself, until I've really made an effort to accomplish it, Mm -hmm. I'm always going to wonder. So I continued to pursue operations and through all the different roles that I've had, the the common thread, even, you know, working in events, working in tickets, working in, you know, marketing, the common thread has been the operational piece because there's different things in each role that would be considered operations. So it really just helped to reaffirm that operations is my passion and what I enjoy doing. And it kind of, you know, disqualified some other stuff, but it's interesting to think about because I, years and years and years ago, Mm -hmm. I interviewed for director of marketing at Colorado College. And now I, you know, I work down in Colorado Springs where Colorado College is located. And it's Mm -hmm. just funny to think about how different my life would be if I had gotten that job. Oh my! And I was, I was the, I I often think about these things too. It's, it's insane. I, you know, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason and everything works out the way it's supposed to. So I was one of the final two candidates and the candidate that they hired, he was local to the area and I was living in Texas at, at the time. So, you know, he kind of won me out for that reason, which I totally get. And then I met him at NACMA like two months later, which was really funny. He had a Colorado college polo on. And I was like, I know who you are. You got my job. Oh my gosh. If I had been a director of marketing, my life would be completely different. And honestly, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much as the kind of work that I do now. Wow. That really makes you think though. Yeah. It's, it's such a a wild road. I'm just like, wow. I could have been in so many different places had like I had gotten accepted or like they said yes or whatever it's like yeah whoa or when I was crazy in Texas or right before when I was at Oklahoma State I started interviewing for other jobs and I got a job offer Mm -hmm. from Oregon Maryland and Ohio State all in ticket operations and I knew I didn't want to stay in ticket operations so I said no to all of them oh my gosh how hard was that over the last few years I'm like man, it would have been really sick to work at Oregon or Maryland. I love Maryland. I'm from Maryland. So yeah. it would have been awesome, but I would have been in ticket ops. And I don't know and that like, I would have been, been so miserable. I would have been miserable. I just, I would have wondered and I would have like, been, there's always stuck. something else. Yeah. And I think with tickets, it's really easy to get to the point in your career where you can't leave tickets because you don't have experience to go into marketing or event management or, you know, um, development or fundraising because all you've done is tickets. So you've gone, you've climbed the ladder in tickets, but you can't really jump off the ladder at that point. So you just keep going higher. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I wonder again with that, you know, if I had gone to work at, Mar- I've never would have gone to work at Ohio State. No offense, Buckeyes, boiler up, but it would have been incredible if I'd gone to Oregon <laughs> or Maryland. But then again, I wouldn't be where I am now, and I'm, and I was just amazing, incredible. <laughs> you see, that's what it's all about. It's 
It's about honestly just being patient for the right opportunity. I know that like sounds so cheesy, but it it sounds it's it's very true. It's just it sucks. The whole waiting game, not fun. And going through like the interview stage, oh, yeah. not fun either. Um no. normalize just saying it's not fun because it does suck when you put your heart and soul into these interviews yeah. and you definitely think you're totally going to you know, accept these roles or get an offer, but right. it never pans out that way. And like you were saying, it's just, it's just part of the ride. It's part of the journey. Yeah. And we just got to learn to accept that as, yeah. as tough as it is. And it's, it's just a tough journey, but just being, I guess, patient throughout it is just one of the things that I'm, I'm honestly still learning. So it's, Oh yeah. It's a process. It's, it's patience is not really a, a quality I possess. So it's really hard when you have no patience. Girl, same. Uh, yeah. It's it's rough. But I think too, it's you know, everybody says I feel like everybody says the same thing about starting out in the sport industry or you know, a lot of the, a lot of what I hear is like be willing to relocate, be willing to go yeah. anywhere and take any job. I support being willing to take any job, but because I, I was applying for anything and everything except ticket sales, I refused to do ticket sales because I knew I wouldn't be any good on, at it. I don't right. want to ask people for money. So I was applying for everything except ticket sales. So I think there's a balance between being open to as many opportunities as possible. But not but like, not just not being sacrificing. like open to everything. Right. Right. Like, if you know there's something you don't want to do, don't apply. You don't want to be, like, desperate. Right. Because then you're just not going to enjoy it. And, you know, everybody says, be willing to relocate. Yeah. I was willing to relocate, so I can't really speak to that. But now that I'm in Colorado, and I've been in Colorado for six years, I was talking to someone with the Los Angeles 28 Games Organizing Committee. And for her, it was really important to be back in Los Angeles, where her family is. And she turned down a job at a professional league because she wanted to be in LA. And I've been in Colorado for six years and I don't ever want to leave. So does that mean I would turn down a job as the director of operations for the college football playoff? I don't know. I'd have to evaluate. Right, you'd have the to reevaluate and see where we're at. Right. Yeah. But I'm not going to seek out jobs that are in Colorado. <laughs> So I think there's like a balance, right? It's right. like, what are, what do you want and what are you willing to give up for that? Cause I, when I was job hunting in Colorado, there were a ton of jobs elsewhere in the country that I could have applied to, but mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to leave and I wouldn't be happy if I left. So I said, all right, you have to suck it up and hope you can find a job in Colorado. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so real. That is such a real feeling of just like, you know what? Yeah, the relocation thing, it's it's great. Everyone wants to move somewhere exotic, whatever. Right. But and I went to Oklahoma. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> yes, that is exotic, okay? You have all I mean, those cowboy hats. Cowboy boots lie. There are farms the everywhere. I don't know. They have like a cow festival at Stillwater every year. Of course I they do. Calf fry. It's called calf fry. 
Do you know what cat fries are? No, I don't. What I'm not going to tell you. Look it up. <laughs> I don't want to say it on air. It's it's that bad. Okay, we'll we'll dive into that later. Um, I'm curious. Look up cat fries in Stillwater, Oklahoma. <laughs> I love that. Um, I guess to just kind of wrap this all up, what would you say is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Like either personal or professional, like way, way, way in the future. So like a thousand years later, you might be still living. We don't know. Who knows at this point? I mean, that's a really good question. That's actually kind of something I'm struggling with right now is, you know, I have this, this, dream job that I love, but I know I don't want to stay in this role forever. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like, how do I want my career to evolve when the time comes, you know, three, five years down the road or 30 years down the road, where do I want to be? I don't want to be the CEO of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee. I can tell you that that's an incredible role to have. And our CEO, Sarah, is phenomenal but I am, I, I'm not built to be a CEO. And I know that. So, She's not built. I'm not you know built. what? Never so, say never. Yeah. This is a pretty safe <laughs> number. I'm in my thirties. I'm, I'm pretty good at saying. She's never. like, I'm content. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I've gotten some advice from other, other sports biz professionals and talk to them about that, about the, you know, uncertainty around the direction I want my career to go. And they've said, you know, don't chase the title. And which is really hard for me because honestly, title is kind of something that I value. Um, right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just kind of a perception that I have. So that that hits. Um, and they've also said, you know, just find a box that checks or I'm sorry, find a job that checks all of your boxes. So as you continue throughout your career, really identify those things that you enjoy doing, that you're passionate about, that you're good at, and find a job that checks all those boxes. So those are two pieces of advice that are just like living in my head rent free right now. But I also, when it comes to, God, my legacy, I'm at the point in my career now where I know where it's really important to me to make an impact. Like, as an executive assistant, a lot of people think, you know, we're a glorified secretary. People who know, know that we are much more than that. And we're the gatekeepers to our chiefs. Um, But even if I'm an executive assistant, going back to, like, don't Mm -hmm. chase the title, I want to have an impact on my team. I want to be a good teammate. I want to be the best at what I do. Um, And I just really want to excel in my position so that the people around me can excel in theirs if that makes sense I love that so that's that's the legacy that's I think my guiding light as I that's honestly that's how you that's a great way to kind of like leave whatever whatever it is is just kind of like doing something with a purpose but also like being there for everyone else yeah which is huge and that is how we we end a podcast amazing work out here thank you again yeah talking and just sharing so much wisdom out here (laughs) definitely appreciate it yeah thanks for having me it's been great 
To everyone that took time out of their day to listen to this episode, thank you. If you would like to be a guest on The Rookie Contract, there is a link down below to fill out a Google form. And once that is filled out, arrangements will be made and we'll get you on the podcast. As always, if you haven't already, follow The Rookie Contract on whatever platform you listen to this. Whether it's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you name it. You know, so you don't miss an episode. Thanks again, and we hope to share some more rookie stories.